Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. 31 years ago, Bee Works launched in St. Louis. The organization was then called Bicycle Works. That's a good clue to its mission, to help connect kids with bicycles. In the three decades that have passed, BeeWorks has expanded to include creative writing and computers. But it's still doing what it was founded to do, help kids pursue their dreams, care for the world around them, and explore new possibilities. Here to discuss BeeWorks' remarkable run is Wayne Brinkman. He's the board president. Wayne, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sarah. And we're also joined by Annie Yarbrough. She's a volunteer earn-a-bike instructor for the organization. Annie, welcome. Thanks. Happy to be here. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, Evie Hemphill, who's a producer for this show, is also a volunteer with BeeWorks, and she did not work at all on this segment. For those of you listening, have you been a part of the BeeWorks program as a volunteer or a participant? What was your experience? Give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Annie Yarbrough, I feel like BeeWorks is, is probably best known for this Earn a Bike program. So for those who don't know about this, how does it work? Well, that was our flagship program. Basically, um, students from the greater St. Louis area can come in and learn certain skills, bike maintenance, how to safely navigate on the streets. Um, we do fun activities where they uh, take bikes apart using tools and then put them back together, learn how to fix flat tires and pump up tubes, all that fun stuff. And then at the end, we go on this really fun one mile long bike ride. Um, unfortunately, there would always be a couple kids that would struggle on that ride. And I usually ended up being at the tail end helping them. So we we tailored this exact uh, class to kind of come up with a different version. We break it down to the fundamental fundamentals, and now I teach these kids how to ride a bike. So you're teaching them how to take care of bikes, how to maintain bikes, and then also how to ride it. Yes. Yeah. It, it's a whole lot of fun. Uh, I get a warm and fuzzy feeling every time the kid has that light bulb moment. They thought they weren't going to be able to do this and suddenly they're riding and they're just going in circles around me saying, Miss Annie, this is so fun. So you, you mentioned sort of that frustration that can set in when you're learning how to ride a bike. It's one of the hardest things we'll do as a, as a young person. Do you ever have somebody who they just can't ever quite figure it out? We, we do have students that struggle. Um, with the nature of this class, we end up getting a good number of students who uh, have Things that set them back, uh, either emotional or behavioral or physical things that that have stopped them in the past. And a lot of the time, these students um, are doubting themselves from day one. So I find myself giving motivational speeches that uh, could probably apply to anything. But, you know, you're probably going to be wobbly. You're going to catch yourself. You'll get back up and you're going to ride again. And don't forget this in the future because... This is going to apply at so many other points in your life. This is a metaphor for our entire existence. Yes. So it's got to feel great when you see them push past that anxiety. It's so rewarding. And I mean... They're the, those kids are the reason that I do it, but I remember the feeling I had when I would ride my bike when I was a, a child. It was freedom, and it was fun with my friends, and in this case, a lot of the time, 
it's these kids just showing themselves they can do things and they they can join their friends on their bike or their older siblings and we get a lot of repeat younger siblings coming back and their their older brother or sister saying yeah i loved this program and we even get some returned students to become uh assistant volunteers with us that's awesome to see. And over 31 years, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of students you guys have helped. Wayne Brinkman, um, and you're not just doing bikes. How did you end up branching out into these other areas? We listen to our customer. Um, our customer is the student. And uh, uh, certainly it was started out by um, a gentleman that thought it was important for kids to get connected with bicycles uh, 31 years ago. Uh, it was the students that went to him and said, we want to do something with technology. Hmm. And he didn't say no. So he let the students kind of lead. The students led, absolutely. And um, our uh, B-Works, uh, um, the Bicycle Works program and the Byte Works. Our That's B-Y-T-E. B-Y-T-E, yes. Uh, our earn a computer program are um, equally as popular. Okay. Uh, so about uh, um, about half of the students that go through our programs do the earn a bike and and learn to ride programs, and about half do the the bike works or earn a computer program. Okay. And roughly, how many um, kids are you working with at at any given point in time? Well, uh, it's probably better to do it on an annual basis. Uh, uh, in two thousand and eleven, we were doing about um, three hundred and fifty. Uh, we were serving three hundred and fifty students a year, and now we're. Uh, close to 500 students in our programs. Wow, that's a that's a large number. We were able to accomplish that by branching out and going off-site. So now we have instructors that will come to schools and community centers and lead these programs where the students are if they aren't able to get to us. And that's made a huge difference. So where are you getting all these bicycles? I know that for every nonprofit, it's not like you have unlimited funds as much as I'm sure you would like <laughs> you do. <laughs> Those are donated to us. People can come in and donate their bicycles, their children's bicycles, computers, of course. And we refurbish those bikes and sell them in the shop if they're adult bikes. The children's bikes we use in our programs, and I'm actually able to let my students pick out their bicycle that they'll get to keep and ride on. And uh, the bikes that are... Uh, kind of beyond repair, we break those down and people are able to come into our shop and purchase not just a bicycle, but parts of bikes and things like that. We even use um, the ones that we can't, the ones that we don't use ourselves, we ship those out to um, third world countries to allow them transportation. Wow. It's interesting you mentioned the bike shop. I saw that the Riverfront Times actually named B-Works the best bike shop this year. And I was when I was reading this, I was thinking, oh my goodness, they they made a typo. This isn't a a bike shop. This is a bike nonprofit. But there's also a retail component. Yes. And that goes to fund a lot of our programs. Um, We, I mean, we have a pretty great range and a lot of really awesome vintage bikes that have been brought back to um, a really good state. And then we also, we get shops, or we get bikes donated to us that are like brand new giants that we even put together. So So they don't make sense for the kids you're working with. You end up selling them or how? We sell them and we use that money to fund our programs, definitely. And um, we, I mean, we take in computers and do all that, but the bike shop is really the heart of the store right there. And you can come in and see all the good we're doing because there's kids running around and uh, 
you can see the guys working in the shop while you're looking around at our retail. We've actually got a caller here. This is Gavin calling from St. Louis, and it sounds like he was actually one of the founders of BikeWorks way back in the day. Gavin, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi, thank you for uh, putting me on. Um, I was a founder of the BikeWorks component. The kids had bicycles for several years with Roy Bone, who was the original founder of uh, Bicycle Works, and they were feeling like some of the older ones had had enough uh, bicycles, and they wanted to get into computers. And this is the, uh, the early 90s, and um, they were you know, pretty excited about getting in uh, into computers if they could. And so uh, I and uh, one other guy who uh, was from uh, Goodwill uh, worked on getting computers. I was at Washington University, so I collected uh, computers that were going to be recycled rather mm-hmm. than reused um, before they had... Um, recycling programs at the university and we collected a lot of computers set up a computer lab taught the kids how to use them and then they each get a computer when they're done so gavin what was your experience like working with the kids in this program well uh, working with the kids was great um i was there during some really hard times and um Mm -hmm. i feel like i was responsible for the the program surviving through you know there's a initial thing where the the founders often have to leave before the programs can grow. Mm-hmm. And when Roy left, we struggled for quite a while with some difficult times, but um, pulled it through, got enough other people involved to get that, um, you know, that quorum, that, that quantum amount that you need to have. Um, I mean, for a while, there were just three of us mm-hmm. trying to run this program. We uh, rehabbed the building uh, in the Shaw neighborhood and, you know, worked pretty hard on keeping that going. So I did a lot of, a lot of different things for the program, uh, yeah. For about 15 years, I was here almost every Saturday. Well, Gavin, thank you for that memory. That's great to hear. And uh, I guess just, just thank you for the work. It sounds like this thing that you helped to grow um, has, has taken off even more. Wayne Brinkman, yeah. he mentioned that it was close to financial collapse at, at one point. How are things looking today? What's the prognosis? Well, we're doing, uh, we're doing really well. Um, we're at a point where we're actually looking at uh, instead of leasing our space, that we were hoping to uh, start a capital campaign soon to buy our space. So we we own the building, and that's going to give us a lot more security uh, and uh, confidence that we're going to be able to continue to offer these programs to the children of the St. Louis community. That's great. So you guys are now coming up on 31 years, um, and you're celebrating your 30-year anniversary this year. We all know how that goes. <laughs> um, tell us what you've got planned to celebrate. Well, um, we're going to get the... Uh, uh, students that may have uh, gone through the programs in the in the Shaw neighborhood into our new space that we opened in 2011. And where is that? 2414 Menard. Okay, that's uh, no so longer in Shaw. You're that's in Soulard, in Soulard now, okay. which yeah. is a great neighborhood for us to ride around. We yeah. absolutely love that. That's great. So that celebration, that's coming up, sorry, this weekend? This Saturday from 4 to 7 p.m. Uh, it'll be held at 2414 Menard. Uh, we uh, are working on getting access to the street for the event. Uh, certainly we'll have activities inside the building and then in our courtyard in the back. Um, but it's going to be fun for uh, children of, of all ages, children that don't, don't know how to ride a bike. We're going to have a Strider, which is a non-pedaled bicycle-type device oh, that, wow. that uh, even th- uh, two- and three-year-olds can get on and practice uh, their balance skills two-year-olds out there on a strider this sounds like this could be quite the party 
yeah. it, it will be a party. Um, and then I understand you guys also have an annual event coming up real soon that's a pretty big deal. Tell us about Cranksgiving. Uh, to put it in the simplest terms, it's a food drive on bicycles. We have a few different routes to choose from, but we ride our bikes making stops at different grocery stores where we can buy canned goods and non-perishable food items that we then donate to um, different charities. And I, I believe this year it is going to Operation Backpack, which is uh, to benefit students and schools that need a little more food to get them through the week. And um, we're really, really happy to do it. It doesn't really come back to BeWorks all that much, but it's just um, something that we've been a part of for a long time. And how many years have you been doing that? I don't know exactly how many uh, This will be the 15th year. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is a longstanding tradition. Yeah. If people want to get involved in that, is that open to the public? Or? Oh, definitely. Okay. Uh, you can find more information um, on our BeWorks website at www.beworks.org. There should be links to everything, signing up your kids for a class or participating in Cranksgiving or even volunteering. We desperately need all the volunteers we can get because the more helpers we have, the more students we can reach. And is it important to have some technical skills in terms of knowing how to fix a bike, change tires? Do you need to know that on the front end? Actually, no. Really? I knew very little of um, how to technically maintain my bicycle. I knew how to ride it, but I couldn't really explain much else when I started. And I, I mean, the lead instructor kind of walks the students through it. And we just need um, adults who are interested enough in kids and bikes to sit there and say, yeah, the, the instructor just told us to use this tool. Let's try that out and see what happens. Okay, so if you're interested in this nonprofit, you really don't need to know that much about bicycles at all. Um, Annie Yarborough of BeWorks, thank you for joining us today. And no Wayne Brinkman, uh, the president of the board of directors, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.